Hello, and welcome to Real Life Homeschooling Conversations with Ashley and Kay. We are the co-executive editors of Homeschooling Today magazine. My husband and I are actually the owners of Homeschooling Today, which was co-founded by my parents back in 1992, which is pretty crazy. And it's really exciting. This year, we're actually celebrating 30 years. We're actually the longest running owners which is pretty incredible and kind of hard to believe, but my parents ran it for, I think it was somewhere around eight years. And then they handed it off to a couple different people. And then back in 2012, my husband and I purchased it and the adventure began. <laughs> so we are both homeschool graduates now homeschooling our own kids, which is really a different experience than being homeschooled. You're in charge. Oh my goodness. But we love it. Our kids are amazing and crazy. Um, we have three, a six-year-old Lincoln, a three-year-old Jack, and our sweet baby Ruby who turns one July 10th. So Kay, why don't you tell us a little bit about your homeschooling journey? Yeah, um, we started homeschooling um... Yeah, well, I don't know the exact date. We homeschool for 15 years, but both my kids have now graduated college, you know, jobs and, and all those kind of things. One is 22, the other is 25. And so um, I stayed home and, and homeschooled without working at all through about sixth grade for my youngest son. And that's when I started writing some curriculum kind of part-time from home and have really continued since then in different capacities. Yes, we've always been, we were fast friends and yes. it continues. So um, I'm going to talk for a minute about our theme for this year, which is home as the heart of homeschooling boldly. Last year, we talked a lot about what it means to homeschool boldly and not just kind of like dip your toes in the homeschool waters, but to really take on that badge of courage that you are a homeschooling family. You're going to do it. Yes, it's going to be crazy sometimes, but this is the road you're on. And instead of trying to conform or fit into something that might not be the best fit for you because you're comparing or looking at other things, you know, homeschooling boldly really means making it what is going to be the best thing for your family and being led by God to know what that is, because nobody can tell you. Nobody can say to you, oh, this is exactly what you should do for your homeschooling. And I think God did it that way for a reason so that we would have the ongoing conversation with him and we would have to trust him and follow, you know, it'd be easier if he had just laid it all out and we didn't have to try to figure it out along the way. But here we are on this great adventure of homeschooling and being led by the Lord. And our goal at Homeschooling Today magazine is really to come alongside you and help you in that journey to have voices of experience that can remind you, you know, hey, you're going to be okay. We know things happen and life gets a little hectic and crazy sometimes, but it's so worth it. Homeschooling is so worth it. And we need to be reminded of that with young kids at home. I need to be reminded of that regularly, that this is worth it and it's valuable. And the things that I'm investing right now are going to have fruit eventually. I just know it. 
<laughs> they will. And I love that. So, you know, you just explained the boldly part and that that heart of the home is that sometimes we see ourselves like, well, this is my mom role and this is my teacher role. And the truth is we are homeschooling. We're always mom to our kids. They don't make distinctions in our roles. And as a part of that, not only moms, it's real life happening around our kids every day. And we want to embrace that as part of their education. Absolutely. And in the the first issue of this year, we focused on cultivating the atmosphere in our home and kind of making that safe place that we want our kids to be able to learn and grow in. And this issue, I'm really excited. We are focusing on creating playfulness in our homes and really embracing a lighthearted approach to homeschooling and, and really life, you know, being joyful matters <laughs> and making it an important part of our homes is essential. Yeah. And then when it comes to discipline with our kids, no matter what age they are, I think they're much more ready to actually accept discipline and correction when we also laugh a lot as a family, when we have great conversations, when they are completely secure in the fact that we love them and we're not going to have fun. And, and that's like our norm. And the corrective side is more of the, hey, we're going to make a correction here. I think they're much better able to receive that instead of me being this grumpy person who we're just, we're going to get down to work all the time. And we're going to, we're going to keep this schedule and we're going to, I'm going to drive and drive and drive them. Having fun really affects every part of our lives. It so does. My mom used to be called it evil homeschool mom. <laughs> evil homeschool mom would come out and say, you know, did you pick up your whatever? And are those your socks? And where's your math book? And, you know, I mean, it, it's like this out of control thing that can happen where one thing leads to another and we get lost in the stuff around us. Yeah, and the things that have to be done, we think. Yeah. And you're totally right that building the relationship, relationship can't just be built on tasks and chores and the things that you have to do. A relationship has to be built on the enjoyment and the, and the pleasure of being together and that our kids know we want to spend time with them. So for us, we actually make sure that on the weekend, we take time to go to a park as a family. We usually have like a picnic at a park and let the kids play. And we just enjoy being with each other without any things that have to be done. You know, we, we set aside that time so that we can enjoy each other because if you don't make time for it, the laundry will take over. And you know, the, the list of things that have to be done around the house or done with your homeschooling or whatever it is that will just kind of like eat away your time together. So and if you guys I, are anything like Ashley and Alex, they're running their business from home too. So they have to make that separation sometimes so that their kids know that they're a priority. Exactly. And I know you did the same thing when your kids were growing up. Okay. What did you guys do? How did you make time? As a family, we've always liked to do, um, you know, vacations together, you know, those are the big, they're, they're fun times, but they're not the things that sustain you. So finding like what you talked about, those regular things that you can do 
just in your own hometown, whether it's going to play um, putt-putt golf sometimes or simply going to the park. I think those little things are really the things that add up over time. And then our vacations are a lot of fun because they're these really cool family memories that go in. But, you know, even getting a board game out sometimes and just playing, you know, to this day, they're 22 and 25. Most of the time when my youngest son comes back in town, we'll get out a board game and play. Or uh, he actually gave us a Lego set for Mother and Father's Day that he wants to do with us because he still loves, but he likes them more complicated now. Um, And, you know, we have our TV shows that we've watched together where we quote them to each other. You know, it's those little family um, traditions that are kind of off the wall for us that, that bring us closer where we can talk about things we have in common or, you know, we've watched all the Jurassic Park movies together. So my youngest son came in this past weekend. He's like coming so that we could watch the premiere together. You know, he lives two hours away, but we all needed to go see the premiere at the theater together. So um, those are, they're just little life moments that add up. I love that. I remember when the Lord of the Rings was coming out and we were teenagers and we made it a thing every year because it always came out around Christmas time. And so we waited until Christmas day as a family, we had to like shut off the news and like my friends would say, oh, did you see, you know, did you know, no, don't, 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 we can't talk about it. Yeah, we would do, um, you know, even read alouds. We did a lot of reading aloud growing up, but even when they became teens, there was one point where we weren't reading it aloud, but everybody was reading the Hunger Games series, which I know people have different feelings about, but they were teens. And, you know, we had some great conversations because it's a great conversation starter. And I think anything like that, those common ground things, our vocabulary was changed by the books we would read my son's like dystopian when we read the giver I don't know how many times my youngest son told my oldest son precision of language please you know it was something out of that book and so we we talked books and movies and tvs and things like that absolutely and with all of those moments you're creating the like inside jokes and you're creating the things that really set up the culture of your home and your family and where your kids feel so secure and they find their identity in that instead of trying to find it somewhere else or not knowing who they are, whether it's okay to be who they are. I think we're realizing more and more how important this is and how it's not like an extra thing that you just can maybe add on if you have time, because you never will, if that's the way that you view it. And so I just want to bring up too what the Bible says about joy. One of my favorite scriptures from Proverbs 17, 22 says a cheerful heart is good medicine. And I just love that. I love that the Bible really is encouraging us. You know, it's, it's not just something to maybe do in your life. It's actually has health benefits and science agrees. If you look up the health benefits of laughter. It's really amazing. It it supports your immune system. I mean, it's, it's, there are all these different things. I encourage anyone and everyone look up the health benefits of laughter and even practicing smiling and being joyful, even when you don't really feel like it can actually begin that process where you're, you're making the choice you're choosing to see things in a kind of more of a lighthearted way. And Kay, you've had a lot of opportunities lately (laughs) to use the circumstances of life to laugh at. Do you want to talk about that for a minute? Well, you know, just about a month ago, uh, my husband walks down the hallway and goes, 
why is the hallway wet? <laughs> like that was the first thing. It was first thing in the morning. So we realized we had a leak. There's a big water patch. Long story short, it's ruining the pad of the carpet. And so we were like, okay, well, hey, that carpet's over 25 years old. We'll get new carpet. It'll be fun. You know, so we actually moved all of our three bedrooms to another part of the house. It gave us a chance to actually declutter, to reorganize. I'm like, oh, I'm loving this soft carpet. You know, even the day that it was supposed to come in, the installer got sick and couldn't come. So it was going to be a few more days if you've been waiting for these things. And we just decided we're going to smile. We're going to laugh. We're going to be kind in this. You know, the guy who owns the store just felt horrible about it. And he told me later, he goes, thank you for your response. A lot of people weren't very understanding. And I was like, you know what? A gift that po- being positive and joyful and kind to people, it can be an incredible witness to the world, but it also just makes it so much easier to deal with life. And I mean, there are a lot of hard things that we can't laugh about. So anytime we can, let's do it. You know, when my husband had been laid off for about five years where he was just working part-time and doing some different things, we looked out one day and the roof of our porch had kind of collapsed in the spot, another leak, we have an older home. Um, and so we were like, oh, well, that's new, you know? <laughs> so it's, it, it really, it's not the, oh, I'm trying to be, oh, we're so spiritual about how we handle things. It's, just, it's, it's a choice we can make. And I think it's actually a choice that makes it easy for us. I think that's why God talks about thankfulness. When we realize all we have, a lot of these things are inconveniences. That's all they are. Really. And another scripture um, that really talks to this too is in this world, you will have trouble, but you will of good cheer. And so it's like those two things. Yeah. You don't, we wouldn't normally put those two things together. Like, oh, you'll have trouble, but be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. I just think that's amazing. And I think when we do that, when you walked through these moments growing up, your kids saw you guys laugh and they saw you make that choice to not make it such a big deal. I think we think that if we're taking something serious, we have to be serious about everything. (laughs) I think I thought that, and even searching scriptures on joy Sometimes we think being spiritual means being serious, and that's not really the case. Doing just a simple search on joy and you find out that Jesus was anointed with the oil of gladness. Can you imagine? We always think of the things that Jesus did and went through, and I don't really always picture him smiling and happy, but he was anointed with the oil of gladness. Well, and I actually have a different view of Jesus. He's hanging out, you know, this close group of 12 guys, there's no way they didn't laugh. There's, exactly. no, there's no way they didn't make their own fun because I had boys and, you know, their friends would be over and where a group of boys gathers, there will be laughter and shenanigans and pranks. And I think that's actually a gift that God has given us. He's designed us this way. And so I can't imagine that Jesus didn't have a lot of fun in, in the in-between times too. I completely agree. And I think the scripture, the joy of the Lord is our strength. First of all, it says the joy of the Lord is our strength. It's not that we have to work it up. It's not another thing that we have to do. It's his joy. And of course we know it's a fruit of the spirit. So it's a fruit of the spirit. It's not a fruit within me that I can create. And if you think about that for a second, like what a relief it's not joy is not another thing that I have to add to my huge to-do list. 
I can't do it on my own. I can't create it on my own. The scripture, if we abide in him and he abides in us as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. And I just see those two being so intertwined with one another, thanksgiving and joy, because joy isn't based on circumstances. It's on the fact that we are in Christ and that idea of abiding, that those things can well up and bubble over. So I would say too, you're having a really hard time and and you find yourself just in a bad mood because we all do. Like Ashley and I are not saying this because we're always happy. And, you know, this is a reminder to us as much as, as anyone else, just that these, these ideas, these commands about being cheerful and stuff, it's because God knows how we were designed. He knows what is best for us. And he has placed that as a possibility into our life. So when we're getting off on that negative thing, you know, look at all that we have. And that's what helps us to be joyful when these little things go wrong. It's like really hard to be upset that we needed to get new carpet and do all those things. And I realized we have food, we have air conditioning, it's Texas, and it's been over 100 degrees every day, you know, we have so many things. And so looking around for those things to be thankful really can help that that attitude of joy too. Absolutely. One of the things that I love about how this issue came together and all the different articles that we have about, um, you know, finding joy in the journey and playfulness and um, making making learning fun, making memories together. You know, I I just I'm really grateful that we have all of these voices of experience that can come out and and encourage us young moms along the way and and veterans and everything, but just recognizing, hey, we don't have to take this whole homeschooling thing so seriously. I love the way Dorinda says this, um, quoting her from her mom to mom article. She says, every mom wants to do right by her kids. And I was no different. Sometimes though, in our effort toward excellence, we sacrifice the gift of a light heart, one that is fun, loving and engaged one that invites our kids into relationship and real connection. And I think that's really powerful and kind of at the heart of this issue and the point of embracing a light heart. Yeah. You know, and I've seen God work through some of those light moments in ways I didn't expect. My youngest son didn't really like reading and we would, but we would set a timer. Okay. You're going to do it for this long. He's always like, well, is it over yet? There's five minutes left on the timer. Can I be done now? And one day it snowed and we were having a snow day where we made a fort and they were reading and he was reading a series. I think it was Percy Jackson series. And that was the first time he goes, the timer went off. He goes, can I read some more? And I was like, I threw out the rest of lesson plans. Of course, I was like, oh, I guess. But, you know, he that day started reading series and that was when he became a reader. And if we insisted on the schedule and we didn't make that day fun and make s'mores and just let him read all day, I don't know that it would have changed the way it did that day. But by letting go and having a little fun, it really set the tone for a totally different experience for us. That's so awesome. I think a playful mindset, we don't really fully understand yet. There's a lot of research coming out about how that actually helps us learn versus when we're under pressure or there's any kind of evaluation built into it, then we have a different perspective of learning. We're, we're pressurized. We're, we're not thinking about it in the same way. And we lose 
the enjoyment of it completely, you know. And our brains are worried about that. We're thinking about the uncomfortableness of the situation as opposed to what we're doing. And so it only makes sense that learning when you're enjoying it, it's going to, it's going to hold fast. It's kind of sink into who we are as opposed to just getting a task done. And I think that's one of the things we want to really strive for with, with our kids is going, sure, we need to do these things. We need to be responsible, but it's also okay to follow those interests and those fun moments. And I think that's how the Holy Spirit can work in ways that we don't plan on. But the fact that we just let go of our plans and kind of go with the flow and have enough flexibility to do that, we'll have some really special moments. hundred percent. And if you think about being creative, being creative is considered, you know, the highest level of, of thinking. And are you able to be creative if you're in um, a pressurized situation or feeling in a bad mood? Like, thinking about myself, I have to be in a good mood to be creative. You have to be kind of relaxed. And usually when I really need to sit down and write something, you know, I go to Starbucks and I have my nice little iced coffee and I'm in a relaxed frame of mind and I'm enjoying what I'm doing. And that's how most people experience being creative. So we don't really think about that sometimes. We yeah, I don't know how many times I've thought I need in the shower, like a notepad, because all of a sudden I'm like, I should do this, or here's a project idea, or, you know, since we're always writing, like, oh, this would make a great topic. Um, It's not in the times necessarily when you're sitting down to work, it's in the rest times. There's a lot of brain research that really talks about that. And that's why our kids need downtime, they need playtime, and they need time just to be and not be so overscheduled. Um, that we are really doing a disservice to our children because they don't have time just to think and be and be creative. Uh, And that's part of the playfulness is it's not all about um, structured, like we're going to go to camp and then we're going to go to uh, your music lesson. And then we've got sports. Those things aren't bad in and of themselves, but they could rob our kids if they completely fill up their schedule of this ability to just be children and just have fun and just think and create. And even being bored and what wonderful things happen out of boredom. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that takes time and it takes a little bit of like self-control on our part because you have to get over the hump where your kids are complaining about the boredom. (laughs) And, you know, you, you try to encourage them to get past that in order to be creative and they'll make all these discoveries that they wouldn't have been able to make otherwise. Yeah. And, you know, here's a tip, have a closet full of boredom busters, you know, craft supplies, you know, tinker boxes, things like that, that they can go to and explore, you know, games, books in your home laid about. One of our writers talks about strewing books, just putting books in different places. It's like kind of providing some opportunities. And if they get bored enough, they may go seek them out. I love that. I wanted to bring up this because I thought it was a perfect example of kind of having that frame of mind of playfulness and what it actually does for our brains. I thought this was really fascinating. It's from Dr. Peter Gray's book, Free to Learn. He talks about a psychological experiment, Duncan's candle problem. And the thing is they give each person doing the experiment, these objects. And in order to solve the problem, you have to see the objects in a new light. And most people under the time slot given, they can't solve the problem. 
And so they did this experiment where basically the group going in to do this test, they let them watch five minutes of slapstick comedy before they went in to do the test. And it's amazing. 75% of the people who watched the slapstick comedy were able to solve the problem. That's great. Versus the group who didn't watch that, only 13% of them could solve the problem. And that's just astounding to me. I just think about how we tend to see education as something that needs to be done. It's something that we march through with our kids and we don't always realize and and really recognize that playing and learning and being creative and enjoying it with them, that should be the goal, you know, because you and I have talked about this before, Kay, you can't cover everything, right? And (laughs) you can't cover everything. There will be gaps. And you also can't teach your child everything that they need to know. It's not possible to do. So, okay. If those two things are taken off the table, what's really on the table that matters. And if we think about it from the educational perspective that Mm -hmm. your kids actually learn better when they're enjoying it. And I Mm -hmm. think they enjoy it when we are learning with them instead of being the person who's the teacher, you know, we're jumping in and we're learning about cool things alongside of each other. That's a whole different experience for our kids than if we're the ones assigning them work to do and they've got to get it done. And, you know, this issue is coming out at the end of June and a lot of people are still trying to get school done. And I'm just like, oh, please, I appreciate and I understand where they're coming from, but it's kind of like, we do realize that in the classroom, they're not finishing the book, right? They're not, they're not (laughs) captive until the book is done. That's not happening. And so I love how Todd Wilson, uh, the family man columnist that we have, he just goes for it. He does not hold back. And he's like, take a break. Your kids need it. You need it. Have fun. Don't worry about school anymore. Just enjoy being together. And I would agree. I would concur with that. If you are one of the parents out there who's trying to get to the end of the book and you're pushing the kids along and everybody's over it. I would really encourage you to set the books aside and just call it quits. (laughs) And what we're talking about is that curriculum-based learning where we're trying to check boxes, but, you know, kids never stop learning. So I think summer is also a great time. Let's, and you maybe have a lot of time in the day and you're like, "Ah, I need a little routine or something. I think there are things that we can do that don't feel so schoolish, but kids enjoy because they, they feel like, Hey, I'm just following something we're interested in. So we have our activity guide for the summer and we've got some fun things. Like we put in a constant concentration game for sharks for shark week and stuff. So it's really interesting how we approach learning. There's a difference how we approach school and how we approach learning and learning can be playful and fun and never stops because kids are just natural sponges and they enjoy doing things like playing games and reading books and reading stories. So I love the idea, like when Todd talks about take a break, I think that we always did. And yet learning continued, but it looked different. It was really fun based. And, you know, looking back in the early years, I wish I'd made more of the school year look like fun based learning. Um, But those are those are ideas and things that developed over time for me. The things you can look back and go, 
wow, especially kindergarten, first grade, my oldest, I feel sorry for oldest kids. They're always the guinea pigs. And it's like, you know, lighten up um, even during the school year. But if you, if you do have a curriculum and you love it, it's kind of a check the box thing, take the summer and just do something different, you know, and, and have fun with them. Definitely having fun with them, you know, making the memories. I remember one summer we went to Colonial Williamsburg after we had learned all about the Revolutionary War and we went to Biltmore and uh, that was a big family trip for us because we normally didn't do something quite that big and it was so much fun. We were kind of learning because we were- But you didn't know it. (laughs) Exactly. It was, it was sneaky learning. Yeah, it's just a continuation of life, isn't it? I think the the older I get, the more I realize it all just overlaps and we don't have to be so concerned and so stressed and worried about getting all the things in because they end up happening naturally. Mm-hmm. And there are so many times when I realize the thing that I was worried about, God had a moment And it happened like that. They learned it, they got it, whatever it was. And I had stressed all this time. And then if I had just trusted him and realized he has everything in his timing. That's right. It's like potty training. You can do it overnight or you can really stress about it. (laughs) When your kids are ready, it's in the throes of that. It's so much fun. So much fun. (laughs) I can promise though, when you're feeling stressed, about the potty training. I know a lot of moms are there. I did it. You know what? Still haven't met a senior in high school who couldn't couldn't go to the bathroom by themselves. <laughs> so it's going to be okay. That's the thing is, you know, it will happen. You They're know, not going to become adults and not be able to use the bathroom. It's going to be okay. Laugh. That's the thing. That's the part where we laugh at this and we yes. realize it's okay. It's going to be okay. Even spills and things like that. I know, you know, we, we want our kids to be more careful and everything, but I'm really trying not to immediately (laughs) get upset about stuff like that because it's like, that's a kind of a waste of energy. Exactly. That's what we were talking about earlier. There are enough real hard things in life, not to make the really not hard things hard. So, you know, a spill, it can be wiped up. And I think how we react to those little things make a bigger impact on our kids than we will ever imagine. Well, and that's the practice ground for life for them. Exactly. For the bigger things that do come. It sure is. And the way that we react, we're modeling that for them. Even if you can't like, okay, we can't move straight from getting upset to laughing about it sometimes. Okay. So what do you do in the in-between? I think just even pausing and not getting upset, not having that reaction where you're just pausing, you're taking a breath, like, okay, you know, let's clean this up together. And, and then maybe from there, you know, if we take these baby steps, the life part of homeschooling and teaching our kids how to deal with life mm-hmm. is so much more important. Way more. And I think that is actually the beauty of homeschool. Yeah. It's we're doing life together and life is a lot more than a math fact or a diagram sentence. It is how we handle the things that come our way. And keeping joy in the middle of it all is one of the most important ways. The Lord knew joy is your strength. Who needs strength? I do. Yeah. The I wise mean, woman in Proverbs 31, she laughs at the days to come. 
Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't think all those verses of joy and cheerfulness are acting or in any way saying that everything in life is going to be funny or whatever. It's like, right. find those moments, find the moments and really cherish them. Yeah. And joy will help you get through the difficult ones. Other stuff. Right. Because as we've already stated, you know, the trouble will happen. And so if we are showing our kids how to choose joy as our strength and getting through those things together as adults, that will be something they'll always remember for sure. Well, Thank you everyone for listening. We're so glad you joined us for this homeschool conversation uh, for our summer issue. And, you know, if you're not a subscriber for homeschooling today, we just want to invite you to join us as we are a growing community of parents choosing to homeschool boldly. Thank you. Thanks.